Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Taking Back You Momcast. Hi, guys. How you doing? It's Danny Carter. It is your host this week and every single week. And we are back. We have two more episodes left of this season. And this week, we are going to be joined by Dana Golke. She is a certified life coach and the founder of Honestly Dana Coaching. And you guys, her mission is such a great one. Her mission is to support women who feel lonely and disconnected in their relationships. She helps them to reclaim their identity so that they don't feel feel, you know, um, like they have no hope, they're hopeful about their relationships, or if they decide not to stay in their relationship, they're, they're hopeful about finding love again. And, you know, Dana, I say this so often because God has truly blessed me with sending me the right people, but Dana is one of our people. She's one of our crew, you guys. And so much so that you'll hear more about it in the episode, but Dana actually lives not too far away from where my husband went to undergraduate school in Minnesota. And so we had that connection. And at, at the end of the episode, you're going to hear another amazing connection that her and I have that uh, lets me know that she is she's the right people that you want to get in uh, contact with. So be sure to listen to the entire episode so you can hear. And I actually have a little bit of a call to action for you at the end of the episode. Uh, Dana and I both do that we want you to take part in. So I will be back at the end to share any last information with you. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. It's a really, really good one. Coming to you straight from Indianapolis, aka the Circle City, this is the Taking Back You Momcast. The Taking Back You Momcast is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic podcast for millennial mamas who are in the thick of mom life. And I'm your host, Danny Carter Iddens, wife, millennial mama, motivational speaker, and motherhood advocate. Hey, everybody. I am here with Dana Golke. She is a certified life coach and the founder of Honestly Dana Coaching. Her mission is to support women who feel lonely and disconnected in their relationships, and she helps them reclaim their identity so that they can feel confident and hopeful about love again if they decide to stay in their relationship or not. And today, Dana is going to talk to us about the importance of not losing ourselves in our relationships. Dana lives in Shoreview, Minnesota. Which I, when I talked to her before this, we found out that it's not very far from where my husband went to college. With her husband and her children, they are the modern day his, mine, and ours. You guys, oh wait, together you have five children. Is that correct or four? Four. Four. You have four children. Okay. So you are a blended family, which I think is really super cool. And I just love, I absolutely love your story. So I want you to tell it, but first just welcome Dana. How are you doing? Um, we talked to just gauche before we started about everything that's going on, but you know, just for our listeners, how are you doing during this time of COVID, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am doing well, right? To be expected. Everybody's right. kind of going through this time of uncertainty and change, but we are all healthy and that's really all I can ask for. Well, good. And that's, yeah, honestly, like you said, that's really all you can, you can ask for. So Dana, I want, before we get started in kind of, you know, why um, you are doing this, I was wondering if you could share your background and kind of what happened to you in the past to get you to where you are now? 
Yeah, so I know that it's not a typical area of focus working with women who are struggling in their marriages, especially the words lonely and disconnected, I think are really key to my mission and my message. And the reason why I work with these women is because that was me one, once upon a time. Um, many years ago, I was married at the age of 21 and I had married my high school sweetheart. I had checked all the boxes, the should do's, should it all over myself, did all the things I thought I should and um, found myself married at a pretty young age and became a mother at the age of 23 and did all of those things before I really knew who I was. And shortly before I turned 30, um, I started to sort of have this awakening is what I call it, where I really started to realize that who I was and who I was pretending to be weren't totally in alignment. And mm -hmm. as I started to explore that, I realized that um, the, the relationship I was in um, wasn't really going to allow me to bloom in the way that I, I knew I needed to, to step into who I really was. And so at the age of 30, I ended up um, getting a divorce. I had a six-year-old daughter and then really went on a self-discovery journey into reclaiming who I am and redefining what I need in a relationship. And then met my husband actually online oh. back in 2015. Um, <laughs> and now we have a modern day Brady Bunch with a blended family of four. That is so cool. And I, I love the, to hear the, you know, the past versus the present. And it's just really cool to hear the difference. Um, and all my listeners know that I always talk to guests before we, um, you know, before we do the interview. And so what I, what I loved about your story was, um, well, shocked me, actually, what shocked me about your story is that, you know, you said you got married at 21. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about what I was doing at 21. And um, yeah, I was not, uh-uh. <laughs> and, and to be a mom at 23, oh Lord, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I was just not even close to there. And I feel like a lot of people I know who weren't, but you said that was just kind of your, your like town. That's kind of what you guys did. Yeah, I grew up in a relatively small town in Minnesota, and when I look at my circle of friends from high school, and I still stay in touch with them, almost all of them have a child. My daughter is 13 now. Almost wow. all of them have a child around her age, and it wasn't really until I moved out of that town. So in my first marriage, I went back to the town where we grew up to mm -hmm. live. I never really expanded. I even followed him to college. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until my divorce that I branched out, woo, 45 minutes away from home. <laughs> Getting crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but the small town in me, you know, it just kind of, people didn't really do that. And uh, then I realized like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's not that common that people have kids when they're 23 years old. And that's, it wasn't until my early thirties that I realized that. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so interesting because I felt like um, when, when we had our son, I mean, I was 29 mm -hmm. and I felt like people were looking at me like, ill, you, you're just now having a kid. Like, <laughs> so like at 23, I, I feel like we were kind of where we live. We're right in between that. 
So I think probably around 26 or so is when a lot of people by us were having kids. Well, and now um, where we live, um, most of the families um, don't have kids until mid thirties. So wow. I would say it's a big difference. So it's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. And that is interesting. Kind of like where you live kind of dictates a lot of that kind of stuff. And it probably dictates how you um, view your relationship because, you know, there's obviously just different kind of traditions and cultures that mm-hmm. take, you know, root wherever you are located. And that can also kind of affect your relationship and how you and whether or not you lose yourself and the roles that you play in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So what I love is at 30, you had this awakening because I feel like a lot of 30s, you know, early 30s, I feel like that's what happens to a lot of us, whether we're married have kids or not. Um, I feel like early thirties is kind of a cool time Mm -hmm. because you're not, you know, you don't have the, what the heck is going on of your twenties anymore. You feel a little bit more confident about yourself, but then you also have that like sense of urgency because you're like, Oh my gosh. Um, I finally know what I, what I'm about and what I'm doing and I want to do it. And I want to, and I want to get there because I'm, I'm 30 now, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, I like how, you know, when you got to your thirties, you were able to kind of be like, no, wait a minute, hold on. I, I'm realizing who I actually am, who Dana actually is. And you did something about it. And that's really, um, that's really admirable. Cause I think that's where a lot of us, that's where a lot of women, especially where we get stuck. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of know that maybe there's changes that we'd like to make, but we don't do anything about it because we are afraid to. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. And I did for a long time was afraid, right? mm -hmm. I think that everybody comes to their own, they have to like their own decisions and you have to like your own reasons for coming to that decision. And it, it became something that I could no longer stuff inside with something that I came to a point where I needed to do something. Yes. And I I think that's uh, really important, you know, that you, like you said, there's, it came to a point where you could no longer ignore it basically. Mm -hmm. You had to do something. So you met your husband online um, and in 2015. And so that, how did that go? So explain to me kind of how that went just as far Mm -hmm. as the dynamic, because I'm I'm curious. I missed the whole online thing. Um, I, I met my husband in 2008. So it was like right before people actually like really did it. And so I always am like, oh, wow, how did, what happened? How did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what's so interesting about it is if like what I shared with you is I was 16 when I met my daughter's father and I divorced at around 30. So I had never been on a date before. He was the only person I had ever, ever been with. And so now all of a sudden I'm single and I have a child and I'm not going to the bar and I'm not doing the things that people right. do to meet people. <laughs> yeah. And dating someone at work does not work. I would highly not recommend that. Um, and so I would say that, you know, I was like a mom at the school had said, hey, like this is what I'm doing. And I thought, I don't know about that. I feel like I'd be like chopped up in some pieces floating in the river if I go and do that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But then, you know, I kind of thought, well, if I don't do this, I'm not sure I'm ever going to find anyone. But at that point in my life, I was okay with that. It wasn't until I got 
comfortable being with myself, Mm. um, that I was really able to meet my husband. Now I did online date probably before I was ever really truly ready. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was an interesting experience. I feel like by and large, there are so many amazing people out there that really want to find love. I do think that there are, you know, people give everything a bad rap. There are people who certainly aren't well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of my experience was people that were well-intentioned, um, that were in a very similar position that just wanted to find somebody. Yeah. Um, but my husband lived in Wisconsin, interestingly enough. We actually lived in different states. Um, We lived about an hour apart. Um, We both came from a a divorced relationship with, you know, exes and children. So I think we thought it just wouldn't, it wouldn't turn into anything, right? And I think when you release the expectation Mm -hmm. of it going somewhere, somehow it works out. Yes. I agree. Um, my, I met my husband right before I was, I, I, like literally weeks before I was moving to San Diego uh, to start law school. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, I saw this boy. He was super cute. I really liked him. We hung out, but I was like, what are you talking about? I can't, we can't like have a relationship. I'm leaving. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, so that was the, and then he ended up being my husband because I was not really going into it thinking like this is going to be a long-term thing. And then it was like, oops, we fell in love. What do we do now? Uh, (laughs) Okay. What, you know, but yeah, that, that's very true. When you kind of release that expectation, um, I think you're right. Things kind of open up for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, so you are a life coach and Mm -hmm. you said, you said to me that you, you pursued it because um, uh, for your own personal growth which I think that's really cool. I, I'm a lifelong learner as well. And so I have so many weird things that I know how to do for no other reason than the fact that like, I know how to, do, I want to know how to do them and I want to grow. So just tell me about kind of your journey of becoming a life coach and just what that meant to you. Um, and you know, how you use that to serve the people in your life. Yeah. Um, so I would say you're right. It, it absolutely was for my own personal growth. When I decided to do it, it was because my husband was really encouraging me. Um, awesome. I wanted to experience a personal transformation mm-hmm. and I wanted to grow and become a better wife and a better mother and better in just my everyday life. And I felt like by learning to listen more intensely to be able to ask more powerful questions would help me show up better in the relationships that I have um, in my job. And so that's really why I pursued it was because I'm like, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I'm going to be better for it. Right. Um, And so that's where I started. And I did experience an incredible transformation. The program that I did was with 50 women who I did not know. I flew across the country to San Francisco for a weekend retreat and I met some incredible women and they empowered me to really think like, Hey, I could do something with this. Like I have more on my heart to do with this than just a personal transformation for me. Right. Oh man. That, and that's so cool that you, you, so you got on a plane and you yep. flew to San Francisco and you just hung out with 50 women that you did not know. That is a true statement. We cried, we hugged, we did all the things <laughs> together through our weekend. And then we spent the next, um, you know, January to October um, on, you know, conference calls together. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that right there, that's, that's brave right there. Cause I know that would scare a lot of people. They wouldn't it even was scary. Yeah. I mean, just to take that step to get it. You're like, usually when I feel like, um, when I get on a plane, when, when I land on the other side, I know, I know the people. <laughs> so yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's terrifying to think like you just, you, but this is what you had to do. And it was for your own yeah. personal growth. Yeah. And I love that, you know, um, from that, you were kind of able to figure out like, Hey, there are you know, a group of women who are really struggling to know who they are, um, you know, and they're really struggling. Their marriage is struggling because of this. And they are, they can't, and they might not even really understand like that's what's going on. Um, but really kind of some of it has to do with their identity, with them reclaiming their identity. And this is, and the people who are listening to this, if you are, a, you know, a regular listener and you hear the words reclaiming their identity we talk about that all the time like literally that's what taking back you is about reclaiming you um and so you know that's why dana's on today is because i listened to what she had to say and i thought yes this is exactly what we all need to hear so you figured out that these women they're struggling and sometimes they couldn't even figure out like what it was that was happening to them and you were able to identify this because of your training as a life coach and because of your experiences in your first marriage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it really helped me to look back and recognize that I lost myself mm -hmm. in my relationship. I think for us as women and for those of us that are mothers, we all have these different roles that we play in our lives. And sometimes those roles take over who mm -hmm. we are and we kind of have to like get out the dust buster and like yeah. suck up the cobwebs because somewhere in all of that, um, and it is always a, a transformation and I think life we're always changing and growing, but it shouldn't be at the expense of ourself. Right. And it's noticing so many women who have just really lost themselves by throwing themselves in the relationships that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I was actually speaking with my sister-in-law just last night about literally that the, you know, how we identify ourselves. So we were kind of talking about uh, the difference in, in between men and women and how they identify themselves. So I noticed a lot of men, if you ask them what they do or who they are, they'll say like, you know, I'm a teacher or I'm a lawyer or I'm an engineer. When you speak to a woman and you ask her, you know, okay, who are you? What do you do? They'll say, I'm a mom. I'm a mm -hmm. wife. And then what I think is even more interesting is even if they have something that they do. So let's say they're the same scenario. It's, it's a, a woman who is a teacher. She'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I teach. So they take what they make the noun is the mom and the wife. And what they make the verb is what they, you know, like they're thing that they do. And so I think that's interesting because for men, their identity is wrapped in, you know, who they are as like, you know, in the world, teacher, whatever. But for women, it seems like their identity is really wrapped into being, you know, a mom and a wife. And then anything that they do beyond that or what they consider to be beyond that kind of gets put over in like almost another subcategory of who they are. Yeah, that's so interesting. And you're right. I I think for me too, looking back is I always wore 
that as like a badge of honor Mm -hmm. in a way, like to give so selflessly, you know, myself to all of these other people. And right, like there is something beautiful about putting others before yourself. Like I still really admire that. And I want to be like a servant leader in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't have to be either or like right. there's an and there, and so I think that's like the gap that needs to be bridged is that you don't have to just be those things. There's an right. and to what else can be part of the picture. Right. Yeah. And you know, um, that's why I, literally a lot of it is mindset because a lot of it is really just realizing, like you said, that it doesn't have to be either or. You don't have to be. Um, just a mom and a wife or, you know, just Susie's little sister or whatever. You can be, (laughs) you know, you can be all of those things. You can wear several different hats um, and and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that you are not, you know, um, being there and you're not available for the people. And, And I would even argue that not doing those things, not, you know, kind of having something that another role outside of mom and wife almost, you know, makes it so that you aren't able to serve and give to your, you know, your family as much as, as much as you could, because you just, you need an outlet, you need something else to do, you need someone else to, to be. Um, And I think, you know, that helps with your mental health. Um, And just really being able to realize like, it's okay to have more than, you know, one role and to be outside mm-hmm. of that role. No, no, it, it's not, it's not a bad look. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's okay to do. And honestly, what I've found is if people judge you for that kind of thing, then that's really kind of rooted in their jealousy that they didn't have the courage to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. And I think it's interesting too, because one of the things I noticed about myself um, was that I would develop a sense of resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really me. And so you're right with the mindset. It's like taking back your power and recognizing that like I'm making a choice here to do this. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. not always easy to do. But then at that point, being able to speak up for what you want and what you need and what you desire, Um, because so often we just speak up for everybody else. Like I can think of, you know, my kid is sick, right? And he has something wrong with him. Like I rush him to the doctor. Right. Like, oh, like I could have mm-hmm. like a broken arm, like be dragging my leg, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Go to the doctor. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's kind of like that whole thing. Yes. Like, <laughs> totally. Totally. And you are so right. Um, I can't even tell you how many times we've done that. You know, if my if my son looks at me cross-eyed, I'm like, take him to the, you know. <laughs> and then if it's like you said, my arm could be hanging off by like a thread, and I'm like dragging my leg, and you know, and I'm like, oh, we're good, we're good. I got two legs anyway. It's fine. We don't need the other one really. Um, that was purely decoration, you know. Um, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> but I think you're so you're so right about that that we do that, and I think it's funny because we can sit there when we're like not in that immediate situation and we recognize it and we hear how ridiculous it is, like, you know, but then when you get in that pattern, um, it's hard to break, even when you know it is not, you know, the best thing. Cause I mean, I talk to women all the time about, you know, putting themselves, you know, maybe if you can't, if you can't figure out how to put yourself first, at least put yourself up higher on the list. Um, and, 
you know, my husband has to yell at me because he'll be like, hey, babe, you literally tell women how they need to prioritize themselves and what are you doing? Um, and I was, I'll be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, but and so it's one of those kind of do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> Not as I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not as I do kind of things. But, um, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right that we just we have to be okay with putting ourselves out in a space where we might feel uncomfortable because that's where we're going to find out kind of who we are. Um, and so, I, again, I think it all kind of comes back to you being brave and you stepping out and realizing, like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, too, it, it's interesting with marriage, especially, because I feel like, and, 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 and tell me if this is what you experienced um, when you were younger, I, I feel like still, even at my age when I got married, um, it was kind of like the end-all, be-all for women. Like, once you got married, you've achieved the high-ranking status of whatever, I don't even know what it was supposed to be. But I feel like until I was married, all we did was sit around and talk about getting married. And then it was the minute you got married, two seconds later, it was, okay, when are you guys having kids? Like, I think, I I don't think we left the, um, the banquet hall before someone Mm -hmm. asked me when we were having children. And I mean, and I think that maybe Jim and I were dating for a month and a half and someone asked me when you're getting married, you know? So I feel like that's also part of it is that like these milestones or whatever become so like weirdly important that once we've achieved them and maybe if we're not happy or maybe if we're not like, um, getting fulfilled out of it or we're losing ourselves in it we almost feel like we can't say anything because it's like but I I'm one of the lucky ones I I'm where I you know I'm married and I and I have beautiful children and so I can't complain I can't say anything's wrong I can't say that I need more I mean do you feel did you kind of get that feeling or I don't know maybe yeah I mean I think that it's kind of like that whole fairy tale Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we all have stories in our lives like that we've seen because of how we grew up, like the relationships we saw with our parents, you know, mm-hmm. based on, and that, that influences what we see as far as what we want in our own life. And I do think society has this way of projecting that, like, these are the steps you must follow. And this is the order in which those steps need to take place. Obviously we don't all do it in the right order, right. but I do think that marriage and then having a family are so closely tied to like some status of like, you've made it. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I know for me, there was never, I was never more lonely than I Mm -hmm. was when I was in the wrong relationship. Yes. And that disconnection I felt, you know, looking back and as a life coach now, I can see how I blamed him for some of the way that I felt but it wasn't necessarily always him. Mm. It was me. I was disconnected from me. And so I think that that's where there is like a danger and really you need to stay in tune and in touch with who you are. But I think that it's easy to go, yep, I've made it. I'm married and I have Mm -hmm. kids and this is what I was destined for. But I do believe that you are like absolutely made for more than mm-hmm. just being just being a wife and a mom, which are amazing. Right. 
you're, you're you. If you strip all that away, you right. take out all those things away from you. Like your identity is actually not those things. Right. Exactly. Now, I always, um, one of the things that I always say is that, you know, when, when God made you, he knew that you were going to be a mom and a wife or whatever roles you play, a sister or whatever. And he also gave you dreams to follow along with those. So you under, you know, the design is that, yes, you, you will become those things, but there's also dreams that God has placed on your heart that he wants you to follow as well. And he knew you were going to be a mom and a, and a wife and all of that stuff when he put those dreams on your heart, which is what lets you know that you can do both and it's okay. And they don't have to be the only thing that you do. It's society that's telling us that we have to pick, that we have to choose. And, and a lot of it is institutional because, you know, you look at um, if you want to have a if you want to have a baby. OK, well, you take six weeks off, but you don't get paid for it. Um, and you might you know, you I, I read an article and I don't know why I read it because it was just depressing. But I read an article about the amount of income that women who choose to have children lose over their, you know, over the lifetime of their career versus men of the same education, same age, same everything, all things equal, except that the mom decided to have children. And that's depressing. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> yeah, I always, I'm always, I mean, I really believe that it's unfortunate that you um, almost have to make a, what feels like a choice. There aren't a lot of part-time um, professional jobs that pay well an hourly wage well. Right, Whereas right. if a mother wants to work part-time and still make a, a good income leveraging the skills or schooling that she has, you're either full-time, you know, really sacrificing your family or you're making a very low income and you have to sacrifice then the life that you want right. to provide for your family. So Right. Yeah, it's like you can't win. So I feel like a lot of it is institutional as well. Mm -hmm. Um and so, you know, kind of what do you tell um so you have women that will come to you and they'll say like I'm I'm unhappy in my marriage. Why I can't figure out why because like I have it all, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you kind of help them and guide them um to kind of figure out you know, what is really going on. And then just, you know, like you said, and I think it's interesting because I love that you give this in your description. You say whether they choose to stay in their relationship or not. And mm -hmm. I think that's um, important that that is, you know, a part of the process because, yeah. you know, um, feeling trapped that does we don't nobody has time for that we don't need that so you need to realize that when you're making this decision you're doing it with you know you have choices you have you have options mm -hmm. and oftentimes those options are more than one or the other right, right? yeah There's other options on the table I think as a society um and I am a Christian but mm -hmm. it's there's a lot of information out there for women to fix their marriage like yes. go fix your marriage or there's information on here's how to get a divorce. But when you're in that space where you're sort of like in purgatory, like this mm -hmm. relationship purgatory, or like you're in limbo and you're unsure, it's a very lonely place because oftentimes things do look perfect right. on the outside. And you don't want to talk to friends and family because you know they're going to talk you into one side or the other and they mm -hmm. have a vested interest. And so 
I think just acknowledging that for me with the women I work with is I am not attached to an outcome. What I care about is that she feels hopeful about love again because she feels connected to who she is again. And that regardless of what she decides is best for her, like I'm there to support her through that. So a lot of the work that we do is really going into like, what are your values? Like, what are your real anchors that you can go back to, to really make sure that you're in alignment? And oftentimes what I find so interesting is someone may come to me and say, I don't know what I want to do, but you know what they do. Yeah, they do. They just need some, they need permission. Yeah. There's a lot of like mindset, fear, Mm -hmm. permission, just having the space to process without judgment um, and just be able to really figure out who they are and like what they need. And then how do you speak up for that and set boundaries with other people um, Mm -hmm. to be able to, to create that identity because that's one of the things I've realized is we lose who we are because we don't have boundaries mm-hmm. and with situations. Well, yeah. And that's, um, you know, you teach people how to treat you. So when you don't give people boundaries, then they just, they'll just run all over you if you don't say anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's maybe a lesson that you learn a lot in your twenties. <laughs> Cause I definitely feel like that. I, I learned that lesson the extreme hard way. Um, and you know, really the, the sweet spot is coming out of that lesson, not cynical, um, informed, but not cynical. And, you know, so you can make better choices and different choices, um, the next time around, but not, you know, coming out of it and just being like, everybody hates everybody and everybody uses everybody for what they can get, you know? (laughs) Um, and I think that's probably the sweet spot. Cause I, yeah, I, 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 you're right. The boundary thing is, and that's really hard for women is boundaries. Um, yeah, I think it's more like working with her to clean up her side of the street, you know, like relationships have two people, but I really think you can influence your relationship, but just by cleaning up your side of the street, like owning, owning your part of what's going on. Also recognizing it's not just his fault. You know, it's easy to be like, I'm feeling this void inside and it's all these external things. Mm -hmm. Well, oftentimes it's not those things. It's how you're viewing it. And one of the most powerful things I ever heard that it impacts all the things that I experience and think about in life now is the phrase, um, watch what you make it mean. Like Mm. a lot of things in life are neutral. There is no meaning attached to them, but we assign a meaning to it. And it's that meaning that we assign to something that makes us feel a certain way, that makes us act a certain way, and then really creates the results in our life. And so it's kind of like, for example, it's tax season. Mm -hmm. Like someone goes to do their taxes and they're like, oh, I hate doing my taxes. The next person goes, they're doing their taxes and they're like, yes, I'm going to get a refund. They're making that experience mean something different, right? right? And that produces a different result for them. And so, um, you know, I think how you watch what you make every interaction mean Mm -hmm. is so impactful. That is really, I like that. That's a really cool way to look at. um, So wait, what is the phrase again? I want to make sure I have that. Watch what you make it mean. Watch what you make it mean. I like that. Yeah. Let's say your husband comes home and he is crabby. He had a bad day. You could make that mean like, he doesn't love me. He's just irritated with me. Or you could make it mean 
yeah, he had a long day. I wonder if I can do something to support him. Like you could make right. that mean a, a million things. Right. And oftentimes what you're making it mean isn't really what it is. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of that uh, car- cartoon where it's like the husband and wife laying in bed and she's like got this, her thought bubble is saying like, oh my gosh, she's probably thinking that I look fat in this or blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> his thought bubble is like beer, you know? <laughs> and so, totally. you know, so it's like, you just made that whole, you just made that whole thing a thing and there was no thing, but you know, yeah. like you just make it a thing. We make up um, stories in our head all the we time. Do. We do. I talk about that all the time. The false, you know, um, f- the what is it the false prophecies where you Mm -hmm. just you've just taken that and made up a whole story um a lot of times we do that about how we feel other people like what they think of us you um, and I and I always stop you know uh, if I have a mom that says that to me I always stop and I go no no that's what you think of you you just took that and you just projected that on some lady who who works at Kmart. She don't even know you, Um, you know, (laughs) like, so calm down. That's what you think of you. So like, that's what we got to figure out, you know? Um, Absolutely. Cause yeah, I, I, I agree. We do that a lot. Uh, You make up our stories and and they're not, they're not true. Um, (laughs) And if they are true, you know, okay, now what, I guess. Um, So I love you said your inspiration is the old you. So when you look at, you know, where you've come from in these last years, what makes you the proudest? Yeah, I think the thing that makes me the most proud is like stepping out with courage in spite of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to do some things that were not popular. I didn't always do it perfectly. I made mistakes along the way. Um, but I did it anyway, and I learned from it. Um, and I've loved myself through it, even mm-hmm. through the mistakes. Yes. Well, that's really cool. I, you know what? Thank you so much, Dana, for being on um, the show today, because I, 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 I always share with my listeners, but nobody comes on the show unless I talk to them first <laughs> and <laughs> they got to go through me. And I, um, I absolutely love Dana's just her personality. And then we, you know, we talk and we chat and usually kind of how I figure it out is if we're, if there's some meetings that go like, okay, cool. Do you want to be on this? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'll talk to you then. Bye. And then there's some meetings where I end up talking to them for quite a while. And, you know, and then I'm like, those are the people, those are our people. These are our people. So, you know, as I, as I say, Dana is one of our people. Um, and, and how I know is that, you know, my question that I always ask is something fun and something interesting about you. Y'all, she loves Latin music. Um, and I'm a and I don't speak Spanish. Right? Not a not a word of Spanish, and that's completely fine. You don't need to to love Ricky Martin. You don't need to. Um, so, and we're very close in age. So you got swept up in that late '90s, early 2000 Latin music craze, did you? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was all it was happening to all of us, but it was a good time. Um, so yes, I there are probably some really. You know what? The good thing is that we were young before everybody started filming things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If there, if if not, then there'd be some really interesting videos of me dancing to uh, yes. Ricky Martin and Jennifer Lopez and all of the all that crew back in the, you know, about twenty years ago. And luckily, we don't need to see any of that. Um, <laughs> we can't see any of that, so good, haha. But anyways, um, so what's your favorite? Like, what's your favorite type of Latin? So do you have like a type of Latin music that you like, like bachata or anything like that? Or no, I mean, so I when I. Here. 
I am here. So like the song, <laughs> the, the song Danza Cadoro yes. is my jam. Okay. So, can I tell you something? Yeah. I choreographed a dance to Danza Cadora. Like well, that was that. Oh, like I that's can actually, like my favorite song. Like I could literally be walking on a path and that song comes out on my headphones like, and I'm like it. running like the wind. Yes. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This is life. And see, this is why I asked that question because it has not failed me yet. I always find out something cool um, about people. And this is the other thing that I always want to share is that like, yes, we are, um, we're like all people. We're like just cool people and we're moms and we do things and it's everything. It's all good. Oh my, it's so funny. You would say that song. Cause that's I love it. like everybody I, that knows me knows that's like my jam. That's your jam. Yes. No, literally the first time I heard that song, I was like, you guys, this is, I, this is life. This is actually even at life. our life coach retreat. We each got to submit a song. Um, and then they played <laughs> it on repeat. And that was my song. So wait, wait, okay. Now tell me what everybody else's was like, everybody- like girls just want to have fun. <laughs> and like, <laughs> That's amazing. and everybody's like, we're all eating lunch. And my song comes on and everyone's like looking around. Like, <laughs> You're like, girl, I don't know. Who is that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Like there's it's like Cindy Lauper and then here's you. I love I it. I'm I hey, listen, I would appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Um and I think that's that's amazing. That it probably explains like your Myers Briggs right there. Because <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. Um okay, so <laughs> well that's gonna make me giggle for probably probably the rest of the night. Um Cause that's a good one. I just, the, the mental picture of you at your life, at your <laughs> life coaching retreat. <laughs> and so, well, good. I'm proud of you for you do you boo. Cause that's important. <laughs> um, well, anyways, if you guys want to learn more about Dana and honestly, Dana coaching, you can go to honestlydana.com or you can go on Facebook. And I want to share this because I think it is um, really important. Dana has a Facebook group and you can find it by going to facebook.com slash groups slash reclaim you in marriage. Okay. So I love that. Make sure. And I had to read it a couple times because I was like, wait a minute, is something spelled wrong? And then I was like, ah, I see what she did there. Reclaim <laughs> you in marriage. Um, so I love that. So if you want to join that group, I'm going to put everything in the uh, episode notes for this episode. So you'll get all her links and everything like that. Dana, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and if you have, speaking of dropping knowledge, you have anything else you want to share with us. It doesn't have to be about this topic. It can be about anything that you want. No, I think I just say thank you so much for having me. Um, if you have not listened to Danza Kuduro, you should do that. Get on there. I and feel you know- like that's it. You know what? I'm going to add that as a link. <laughs> I'm going to add the YouTube video to the, to the episode notes. It's Ask something me. special. That's it is. It'll, listen, if you, your life, your life is going to be changed is basically what we're trying to tell you. Um, yeah, so I had, a, I had a guest that um, she drinks coffee with maple syrup and, and that's how I drink my coffee. And that was her interesting thing. And so my homework for everyone was to go out and when you have your coffee, don't put sugar in it. No, you put some maple syrup in it. Report back to me. Let me know. 
because life is real. So Dana's writing this down. I want you to know this. She's writing this down. She's, she's going to let me know. It is, it is true facts. It is so good. And it was so funny because she thought it was like her weird thing. And I was like, boo, I do the same thing. So does my husband. Um, so yeah. So don't know. So listen, I'm going to put, <laughs> you guys don't even know. Well, actually they do know. Cause I'm, I'm nuts. I'm putting the link to dental Kuduro in the episode notes. That's part of your homework is that you need to get up and you need to dance to this song. Yes. And absolutely. if you hear this song and it doesn't make you want to dance, I, I don't know. I don't. We're going to have to work on that. Then. Yeah. We're going to have to figure something out. Cause I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's why Dana is a life coach. She's going to help you. <laughs> All right, Dana. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Okay. Thank you. All right. And I will talk to you very soon. All righty. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. How cute is she? I mean, like, honestly, how awesome is this? And I can still see her at this retreat. And like she said, everybody's busting out like, you know, girls just want to have fun. And here goes Danza Kuduro. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I want you to do what I said in the interview, please. The link to this to that song will be in the episode notes for this episode. So please listen to the song, crank it up, turn it up as loud as you can and get dancing because it will help you. I don't care what mood you're in. This song makes you you want to move your body. I want to thank Dana so much for coming on. She, um, she's just an, an amazing woman and she's so, and she's just such a great person to speak to, um, and, and to talk to. And so I want to, I want to offer, you know, if you are married, um, or, you know, if you are even engaged to be married, um, and where marriage is, is coming up, I, I want you to go to facebook.com slash groups slash reclaim you in marriage. And I want you to check it out because Dana does have some really great insight. Um, I think she's been, she's been through, uh, a lot of interesting experiences that, you know, really give you good insight in how to, you know, make sure you don't lose yourself in a relationship and how to kind of know what you need to do for yourself so that you can be there. I love how she talks about being a servant leader for your family without giving up your dreams and aspirations. And I mean, and honestly, that's the entire mission of Taking Back You is we talk about how to honor your role as a mother while following the dreams and aspirations that God has placed on your heart. So that just makes me, um, it makes me smile. It makes me happy to know that there are other, there's more like us out there. There's other mamas out there who are just like us and who are trying to do this thing called being a mom but also want to be more than moms at the same time so next week is our very last episode for the season I'm going to take a summer break just like everybody else I'll be back uh, the week of um, I believe at this point right now I'll be back the week of Labor Day week maybe the week after just kind of depends how everything falls with how everything's going on right now in our country. Um, but next week, we're going to be joined by Allison Farber, and her topic is a great one. She's going to talk to us about, um, you know, career women, how to speak up for the needs that you have, especially, um, you know, women who are nursing or who have special needs due to, you know, being pregnant or having had recently had a baby, and just how we can speak up for ourselves and how we can ask for the things that, honestly, in most cases, are legally 
legally, um, you know, we're supposed to get them legally. And we and we sometimes are afraid to speak up for ourselves because we're afraid of what it will look like. So Allison will be back and you may remember her. She joined us a few weeks ago. So she will be back to talk to us about that. And she's a wealth of knowledge, a wonderful person. So I'm so excited for you to hear what she has to say. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Um, Summer is here. This is good. We are, we're enjoying the the weather. And even though we can't necessarily go out and do all the things right now, at least we are being blessed with great weather so that we can, um, you know, and at least enjoy the outdoors. So I hope that you are able to do that. And I hope that you are able to uh, just kind of see the great things, the good in every day. Because I know that lately it seemed like there's a lot, um, that's not so good in every single day, but I, I pray that you are able to see the good and to, you know, just see the positivity, um, see positivity in, in something, in anything. I, I pray for that for you. Um, so I will be back next week. We'll be back next week for our last episode. Of, so the season finale of the Taking Back You Momcast. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. For more information on Taking Back You and the Taking Back You Momcast, visit us at takingbackyou.com. From there, you'll be able to follow us on social media, listen to past episodes, and learn all about the mission of Taking Back You. Be sure to subscribe to get future episodes. And from all of us at Taking Back You, thank you so much for your support.